0: People disgust me. <laughs> <laughs> Happens. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to, what are we calling this? Inking out legendarium. Yes. Okay, so. Yeah, we've done sounds this. sounds
1: like it was, something was popped.
0: I, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, we've done this once before, but it was a Patreon-only thing. Today is a little different. I'm Craig. Uh, with me is Ryan. Uh, we're, oh, obviously, we're with the Legendarium. Uh, but over there, I, I say obviously because we're in the Legendarium studios and people who are watching on, uh, on YouTube will see that it's pretty apparent. But over on the couch here, we've got representatives from Inking Out Loud, Drew and Lauren.
2: Yes, indeed.
3: Hey. Welcome. How
0: are you guys doing? Oh,
3: so Have good. Have a good day.
0: So yeah, It was a it, long day, but a good day. It's been a very good day. But so uh, Drew, Drew and Lauren are in from Colorado. Uh, it, for a couple of purposes, um, you guys uh, came to hang out uh, with us, but also we're here for a Sanderson convention. Yeah. But it also happens to be the uh, Wheel of Time premiere. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's, that's the big thing. So it's very late at night. We're all a little punchy. Uh, I, I have no idea what's going to happen here. But here's the plan um we have watched the first episode of the wheel of time now ryan has watched all three but the rest of us have watched we've now watched the first episode of the wheel of time we're going to be reacting to that we're going to do this for all three episodes i'll cut all of it together you'll get one giant reaction podcast slash video uh it's going to be a lot of fun okay so uh drew and lauren uh drew you uh you're a regular host of the inking out loud podcast i want to make sure people know about that so they can go check you out yes i am um and uh, lauren you are drew's uh, uh lovely and intelligent wife who is in- joining us here are do you appear on the uh inking out loud podcast
3: occasionally
0: yeah okay we'll i just want to make sure we Star have Wars like episode. representatives uh you know from each okay so we can really call this inking out legendarium because yeah yeah Ryan really still-
1: really think we should workshop this. this, <laughs>
0: this no, but it's video. still IOL. So that well, so you win. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, so <laughs> I, I just mentioned that so uh, people can make sure you go uh, check out their podcast. Make sure you check out our podcast. Uh, all all uh, review, uh, Patreon, blah blah blah. Okay, who gives a crap? Let's talk about the Wheel of Time. Um, we've watched one episode now. Drew, you are the longest. Uh, long, longest, long time wheel of time fan. That was the worst sentence I've ever uttered in my life. <laughs> and I'm curious, did the show work for you? We're going to get into specifics. I, I don't want to hear anything about specifics yet, but just as a general proposition, did the show work for you? Are you happy with it?
2: Yes, <laughs> that was the, okay. All right. I mean, you said we're not going to get into specifics
0: yet. Uh, I'm excited.
2: I'm definitely excited.
0: Okay, so what does that mean that you're you're excited? Uh, like, this did, is, did this not did the first episode not work for you? No, it, it did. It did. Um, it's just
2: like whiplash. Honestly, seeing the wheel of time on the screen.
0: Okay. Uh, I because you've been reading this since the '90s uh, or 2001. shortly after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Or, or maybe maybe early 2002. It was it was shortly after the the split young adult. Editions of Eye of the World, right? Uh, which I think was like January, or February, two thousand two. Okay, I was eleven years old when I picked up the first book. Yeah, so it's been about twenty years.
0: So, so if, <laughs> if I am I correct in saying that it's tough for you as a long, long time fan, it's tough for you to properly gauge how this actually went for you. Yes. Okay, Lauren, what about you?
3: So I didn't start reading until I met Drew and we started dating. Um. But, but I, what
0: what do you think of the show? Tell me what you I, thought of the show. I don't want to hear your marriage history. I want to hear what you thought of the show.
3: I'm having trouble <laughs> separating what I love from the show from what I'm watching and Wait, what? Well okay. So I I, I mean books, but Okay. <laughs> I'm having trouble still separating the two and having loves in both and seeing them as alternate universes. Which is what I would normally do when it's a book.
0: An adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ryan, thoughts, feelings on the first episode? Uh,
1: I very much enjoyed the first episode. Uh, A lot of my nerves were calmed by the end of the first episode, honestly. Uh, I am also very excited about the direction it's headed. Uh, I I understand frustrations. I really do. I see why people might be frustrated, but I've... I have made it a point over the last eight to 10 years of my life, especially to really focus on judging something for what it is, not what I want it to be necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that this show will benefit from that. Also, breaking away from other comparisons, all these writers, everybody saying, you know, oh, it's, it's the next Game of Thrones. Like, that's a really actually other than being a fantasy series. It's not a great comparison, uh, quite frankly. So I and I think you're setting a bad precedent and tone for people going into it, expecting that. So. But I've I've really enjoyed uh, the first episode. I it finished and episode two started running. I was like, great, let's just I'm powering go, through. This is great, ready, ready to it. go to the next one.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were definitely so the the comparisons to Game of Thrones. That's definitely a marketing tactic, right? Yep. Where it's yeah. it's uh yeah it's very different. It's a very different story. The the, the show as shot as produced is very different from Game of Thrones so far. But you can see how he, like they want to piggyback off the success of game of thrones and that's okay uh but yeah it is very different although there were a couple of moments where i was like that's very game of thrones so well, the one i'm thinking of right now is uh, oh by the way full spoilers blah, blah, blah. okay watch the show okay that's out of the way um there's the moment when um the somebody's wandering through the woods is a land yeah. was wandering through the woods and he finds the uh the the animal bodies in the shape of the dragon's um, the, fang. The, tr- the Trollocs have killed a bunch of animals in the woods and left their bodies in the shape of the dragon's fang. So, if, if people who are unfamiliar with the whole dragon's fang thing, this is uh, if you picture a, a yin yang symbol, it's half of a yin yang symbol. Okay. So, you, you get that kind of teardrop shape. Um, and they, they left the bodies of the animals in this dragon's fang symbol. Um, and that was very much like uh, the prologue opening scene yes. to uh, yeah. Game of Thrones, right, with the White Walkers and all that. So it
3: was a nice touch.
0: So I guess my point, just being like, um, we can say, oh, you know, the the comparisons—they're not—they're not quite fair. This isn't Game of Thrones. Nobody's trying to make Game of Thrones, but they're the the show runners, the show makers, are definitely inviting some of these comparisons. So. I, so I don't think that they're totally unfair.
3: And that's right. smart marketing. Right. First of all.
2: Yeah. Like there's an awareness of what has come before. Uh, and, and I think there are some choices they made in this episode that are spiritual successors. And I'm not just talking about Game of Thrones, but also Lord of the Rings. And, right. Um, the landscape shots very clearly inspired by Lord of the Rings. Uh, You you have these sweeping vistas. Uh, But uh, on the other hand, I think there are a lot of choices that are directly opposed to Game of Thrones. Okay, like what? The the combat. The combat was one thing that really stood out to me. It feels very action movie. Game of Thrones fight scenes, especially in season one, felt very down-to-earth, gritty, um like make you feel the present humanity in in the combat this is like look at these heroes
0: oh okay yeah 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 you know yeah that makes sense yeah especially cuz one of the big differences uh between the two is it's like game of thrones but with magic right that was a uh, game of thrones one of the things about it uh, it made a lot of people love it, and a lot of people frustrated with it. it was like, it's a fantasy series, but well, we're not going to really bother with all the magic and the dragons and stuff. Yeah, sure, That's she's the mother much. of dragons, but but uh, you're barely going to see those stupid winged rats, right? So don't They're worry also about. they so it. expensive, <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> exactly.
0: So, um, yeah, no, I I think. Sorry, I should have answered my own question of how I feel about it, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think I'm largely uh, kind of with Ryan on this. Uh, in fact, this is something that. Uh, Ryan has taught me to do over the course of the legendarium for eight years and that's to take things as they are not as I want them to be so yeah so I think I'm largely with you on that yep So um, okay so uh, let's talk uh, performances uh, characters as portrayed by the actors Um, I don't give a rat's ass that uh, that Moiraine and Leandrin are too old they're too old. They don't look ageless. I don't Let care. Or... Yeah, no. Um,
3: yeah.
0: How do we feel about how they actually portrayed the Aes Sedai in episode one? Looking good. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think both of them hit their characters pretty pretty
0: darn well. You know, uh, Drew, do me a favor. Tilt your mic so you're talking into it instead of over it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, keep. Yeah, okay. All right. So, yeah. Uh, go on with your point.
2: Yeah, I, I think they hit the characters pretty well. darn well uh you know we didn't get a whole lot of Leandrin, but what we did was like you got that kind of cold ruthless uh red aja real real red aja
0: (laughs) that was uh, i i believe that was hottie h-a-u-g-h right not correct okay all right <laughs> i was like correct <laughs> i was like well sure she's a, she's a, she's a handsome woman but <laughs> um
2: but yet yeah, with with Moiraine, interestingly i think the direction for her was more a blend of Moiraine in new spring and Moiraine in eye of the world mm. uh we got to see a little bit behind the curtain because Really, they're framing her as the lead character. Which one? Uh, more right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so we get to see some of the uncertainty. We get to see some of her decision-making. Whereas, you know, in the book, of course, it's not from Warren's point of view. You just see her as the seemingly all-knowing uh, wise figure. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, if I were to pick a... St- standout performance, or maybe something that I wasn't quite expecting from this episode, uh, it would go either to um, Barney Harris as Matt or Yosha as Rand. I I was not expecting from the marketing materials, from the stills, I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's a tall strapping dude, but I'm not sure what his chops are going to be. I liked him as Rand. Um, Ryan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, actually, there was a recent piece that talked about his audition process, um, and they they forced all the people who were reading for Rand to showcase Rand at the beginning of their story and Rand at the end of the, the whole archetype thing, where it's like- Like we the, need to, very, the bitter end? Yes. We need to be Whoa. able to see, can you yeah. change this character from, can you take this character from here to here? And they said that that's what won him the part because he nailed that so well. And so hearing that, I was like, okay, this is interesting. That's exciting. Even what I'm seeing now, I know is not going to be what I see at the end of this series. And I'm really excited for that transition because I do think that um, Rand especially has a lot of potential to get really broody really quick um, and could get really boring really quick. And I would love to see him. I would love to see what he's able to do because I have already seen him play the side of the, the the. heartbroken lover as he loses Egwene yeah. and I've you know I'm trying to make sure I don't go too far much farther into episodes <laughs> and things like that yeah but like, I'm, I am impressed with him I'm impressed with uh you like know you said Barney which I'm sad that he's not there for season two because mm-hmm. I'm already right. loving him in that role Yeah, but yeah. I'll give the other actor as much chance to make it his as, as anything right um uh, I actually was really touched though I'm I'm going to throw it to Uh, i know this is a big talking point we don't have to necessarily hit this but i'm probably going there next okay uh but the parent sequence yes okay the parent sequence i was like this is a big change this is tough and i need to see that you can handle this uh this action like and i watching him break down in that sequence and really just lose it and then from that point on him responding to the to what he's done it's like okay you got this yeah i'm I'm impressed
0: so from an an episode one let me jump in drew real quick because you i know you're raring to talk about this (laughs) uh from an episode one perspective i did not like that change Uh, i i thought i was going to be totally fine with it um but i didn't care for it as much now that i've seen it um and I understand that with episodes two and three, we may have more of a chance for Perrin to uh, wrestle with his conscience. For those who you know haven't watched or don't remember, don't care, whatever. Uh, he he is married. That is not a thing in the books. He's married, um, and his wife works the forge with him. And when the Trolloc attack comes in on one winter night, he accidentally kills his own wife. He kills her as they're fighting a Trolloc, um, and. Uh, he, Drew, you pulled up a quote, uh, a a little excerpt from Brandon, Brandon Sanderson, talking about his reactions to uh, episode one. Why don't you tell us what he said? Because I thought it was really apropos here.
2: Yeah, so Brandon basically said that his biggest disagreement with the show was this choice to have Perrin married and kill his wife. And it wasn't in terms of like Perrin showing this Bestial side of himself and killing somebody close to him. Right. That's but, good. Like
0: it shows, yeah. it shows the, it, it brings the motivation well, mm-hmm. but, but
2: it, it crosses a couple of different, um, or checks off a couple of different not so great boxes from Brandon's point of view. One of which is the, you know, uh, the woman in the fridge trope where, um, women are killed in stories to advance male character lines and the women are not really given much characterization much time on the screen they're they're only there to serve the the man's character arc and the second thing that brandon pointed out is that he he feels this gives the show an overt grimdark tone and he doesn't think that the show needs that or or should have that and the proposed change he gave them was that he thought perrin should accidentally kill master luon uh in the books um perrin is the blacksmith's apprentice and master luon is the lead blacksmith so uh I I honestly I thought that was a really astute point. Of course Brandon mm. is astute a, an astute man. Um <laughs> uh, I would never have considered, you know, killing Master Luan. Maybe I'm a little too close to the wheel of time to even, you know, to really like engage with the idea of true right, right. things. But uh I can't say I was super upset. I certainly don't agree with Brandon on the Grimdark point. I'll say that.
0: Well, yeah, Wheel of Time as a proposition is, if not Grimdark in an explicit way, in the way that we expect. It's certainly implicitly, extremely grimdark. Yeah. It's a very, very dark series. So yeah, I get that. Uh the the thing that he said about um about that was that killing accidentally killing your wife <laughs> in the middle is of a trollic attack in, in the you know it's interrupting the the town's biggest festival whatever and then the trolls come and they just but one thing i liked about this is it was brutal the trolls come in they are uh killing pillaging beheading there like it is really tr- eating truly yeah it's truly <laughs> brutal um and then in the middle of that, you axe down your own wife, and then Moiraine's like, "All right, boys, time to go." And he hops on a horse and he's like, "Okay, see ya." Where it's like, if if it had been Master Luhan, as Brandon said, as he suggested, you could see where it's like you're giving him all that future motivation, where it's like, I you know I I have this this beast inside of me. I don't trust my axe. I you know I don't like who I am with it. All of that stuff would be there, but because he killed his wife, Brandon's point was like, "No, you're going to shut down. You're psychologically, you're done, and the story, your story, is over. You know, at least for a significant amount of time until you go to the wisdom for X amount of therapy. You know, (laughs) whatever. Uh, Like, (laughs) if that makes sense. So, uh, so I thought that was again an astute point on his part, where it's like, this, this is too much for the character to handle right now." And, uh, and, and it feels a little disingenuous um, to, to real life and real emotions where and, and so I kind of started this by saying from an episode one perspective, I don't know what they're going to do with Perrin going forward. But in episode one, I'm like, OK, so you murdered your wife accidentally. OK, fine. You, you manslaughtered your wife, woman <laughs> slaughtered your wife. And then you hopped on a horse and you're just like, all right, adventure time. I'm out of here. Um, with I that, don't
1: think that's a fair characterization. yeah of
0: what they I'm, yeah, I'm I, simplifying I'm, yeah I definitely
2: but got the the impression in those final <laughs> shots as they're leaving you know and they're kind of focusing in on the faces of these four young people Perrin's character parent Perrin, the actor um Marcus Rutherford yeah I thought he really nailed the just like completely numb shock yep. whereas the other characters were showing emotion determination some year uh Marcus they, just kind of had this like thousand yard stare blank look
0: like, hmm. like did like they all realize jawed. though no I mean how
3: blatantly did they make that clear to everybody else you know yeah I don't know because I would be freaking out let's let's say I'm Egwene <laughs> I'm <laughs> okay. freaking out all right because that's my friend right I was I was intimately involved in this village and that's my friend They'd, yeah yeah They've We're close just, in age. We're all 20, right? You know?
1: The thing is, everybody in that village is in shock in that whole sequence uh, afterwards because that's not something that they would have ever had to deal with. And the the interesting thing is to watch the the small adjustments that each of the actors have based on what their portion is. Uh, Gwen seeing Nynaeve being carried off, like the way that she's now really... Uh, Terrified of letting anyone, like letting people out of her sight and being away from people because that someone just got, someone that she cared about got ripped away from her. Perrin losing his wife, I thought it was, uh, he, the last thing he does before he leaves is he's carried her body out and setting it on the, the little, not corpse pile, but there's a set there. And then Moraine basically says, we're going because if you don't, everyone else here is going to die. And and I think if you watch each of their responses to it, I do think like you said, parents thousand yards there is I have already ruined this. I've already done something terrible here. I should not be here. And it's just I'm going to follow this. I'm going to follow with them.
3: I've lost everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else is there? What am I going to? Well,
0: you guys, we have so much more Wheel of Time to get through today. So, and, and it's, it's late at night already. We're going to watch two more episodes. And uh, after each episode, we'll come back. We'll respond a little bit. Uh, so hopefully uh, we've, we've had our, our episode one moment. Uh, but Drew, you've got one last parting I, shot. I
2: do have one last parting shot. We did not get an opening credits sequence. That was a
3: little weird. I was ready that was, for that.
0: Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, all we got was uh, a few cords and a spinning snake and, uh, call it good. I understand you got a lot of story to get through, but, um, okay, so fine. I'll react to that, Drew. You sucked me in. You did it. Fine. (laughs) One of the things that can, it's not, it's not a guarantee and it's, it's not the end all be all, but one of the things that can make a show iconic is the opening credits sequence um and that is a missed opportunity uh perhaps i i could see a situation where they had one and they were dissatisfied with it and they said this isn't what we're after and so they let it go and just said okay well well, just scrap it or Um,
3: it's just a first episode thing right so So what's what's the over under you guys on whether that happens for episode two uh
0: no no this they've they've got They've had their chance to polish as much as they could. This isn't like a, a sitcom where you're on the clock; you got to get it out week after week after week. Um, this is—they've had their time to polish it.
3: You think it doesn't happen at all? This and season. so
0: I, so I'm guessing that in the next two episodes, no open credit sequence.
2: I'm trying to remember. I I recently rewatched Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and I, by recently I mean like within the last six months, and I kind of don't think there was an opening credit sequence in episode one
0: well anyway we'll see what happens with this one okay we we're already going long okay we don't want this to be a three-hour episode yeah yeah. What? despite having inking out loud on here they do three-hour episodes we don't <laughs> and we're not going to now so we're gonna go watch episode two we'll come back and uh, let you all know what we think of that one let's do it Well, that happened. It did. Oh, uh, episode two is over. So um, <sighs> that, yeah, that there were things, I guess, that happened. Okay, so you'd like first to begin all, this by
1: admitting you were wrong, right?
0: That's that is actually literally the yep. next thing I was going to say. I was wrong. There Second was one. a there was an opening credit sequence. Okay, Drew, how happy do you feel about it?
2: Uh, I, oh, I am so thrilled. Like I. I've been thinking about what it could possibly be for so long. And because I'm an idiot, never, ever did I think,
0: let's make it weaving the pattern. So, okay.
2: What a great idea. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> as a long-time listeners of The Legendarium know, probably, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this a few times. Um, Ryan knows I'm not much of an Apple fanboy. However, I am an Apple TV Plus fanboy. Fanboy. They make a ton of really great programs. One of them is called C. Okay. Now C. uh, uh, If if you've if you've been watching that show on Apple TV Plus, you'll know that the second season not as strong as the first. Um, But still, whatever. It's it's quality TV programming. And I will eat my own foot if the credit sequence for C. Was not a major inspiration for the credit sequence in the Wheel of Time.
3: No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, What's so the I'm other trying series to remember,
2: true? I'm trying to remember. Oh, you're thinking of Westworld. Thank you. Yeah,
0: Westworld. Mm-hmm. Definitely some Westworld yeah. in there. Done.
3: So that's it. Plastic.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so I was wrong. They did have a credit sequence in the second episode, and uh, and there we have it. So anyway, uh, yeah, Ryan loves that I was wrong. And that's I have fine. to bask
1: in those moments when they come by, <laughs> like the wave of them.
0: So that's okay, so that is a thing that happened. What else happened in this episode? We start out with uh the uh, again, spoilers oh, abound. Okay, spoilers abound. The white cloak scene, the white cloaks have ca- have captured a sister and are burning her alive. Awesome. Um and then the uh the Wonder Boys and the Wonder Girls, well, well, we get some into
2: the interpersonal
0: conflict.
3: So, there's some location the there too with okay, the white all right. cloaks.
0: Okay, fine. We'll talk about the white cloaks first. All right, so what's okay. going on with the white cloaks?
3: Okay, so they have a yellow sister that they are burning at the stake. They cut off her hands. There's an implication that she is not able to use her magic after they cut off her hands. That's right. interesting.
0: Yeah, because as I understand it, the one power is not dependent on uh, facile uh, you know, so gestures and whatnot. So. Correct.
3: It's Except. not,
0: but...
2: Uh, but i'm I'm really curious to see if they make this a hard and fast rule going forward or if this is treated the way it is in the books where many I said I do treat it that way, but they don't have to it's they a were trained that way they right. learned it that way and and as we go on, we're gonna see the more competent channelers not have to use hand gestures yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: if you think
3: you need it, you need it.
1: It's interesting if you go back to the first episode and Moraine on Winter Night and the way that she's pulling oh, she's, and weaving yeah. everything and doing everything. It's very much, there's a lot of hand movements and she bends over backwards and then chucks a fireball as she does a right. sit up. And like, right. it's, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty awesome. I think the whole sequence is awesome. But I do think that twice now we've seen Aes Sedai utilizing large body movements, hand movements to execute the magic. I think that is going to be a visual element that they keep because it is easier for an audience to track that than for someone to just stand there. Because we know there is a sequence in the uh, in the series where two uh, a forsaken and an ice Sedai, stand on another basically two ends of the hallway and just stare at each other. I want them to keep that scene,
3: but <laughs> they won't. They
0: won't. It's not. That's not. A I thing. have Why a very. It?
2: I have a very specific way they could film that to make it awesome in mind. But we're not going to go into that right
1: now. Yes. So, <laughs> Rafe Judkins, if you need any in- insight, uh, <laughs> Drew's available here.
3: He's ready.
0: So, Lauren, uh, biggest standout uh, scene for you? What was uh, the, the the number one thing you appreciated from episode two?
3: It's way too easy. Shatter Logoth.
0: Okay. Uh, oh my
3: gosh! With the so they start with the horse being eaten alive.
0: They don't start with that.
3: But, that's that's, like, that's well
0: into the Shadar Logoth scene. But, but
3: you you that's, mean that's still like, like
0: Yeah, you're th- yeah,
3: okay. Right, Mashadar. Yeah. But that's still
1: It's the start of Shadar Logoth sh- being yes. being the evil entity that we
3: And we understand we that now if the shadow touches you, you're gone. Right.
0: Um you no know, I the reason I called you out on that is because our introduction to Shatter Logoth is this uh, really cool panning shot where they pan up and yes. show the crack in the wall. It's a, it was a it great is, visual. That was my stand. I thought that was a, a really good visual for uh, Shatter Logoth. So, yeah, I, I like that. I know that that was um, what Rosamund Pike has been citing as her favorite scene yeah. in a lot of interviews leading up to the premiere. Um, was all the Shadow Logoth stuff. And so, which is interesting because she's passed out for the whole time. Right, she, yeah. it, it might be her favorite because it was so easy, yeah. <laughs> right? All I had to she's do just was just later. getting
1: carried around the whole time. <laughs> I just wheezed once in a while in the ADR recordings. It <laughs>
0: right. was good. Yeah. So, and that's, okay, can we can we talk about some of that stuff? You, you brought up ADR and stuff like some of the wheezing, some of the the rustling and the, the, the leaves, the crunching of the leaves, or the footfalls and all that stuff. It was so, so clearly ADR that it was, it kind of took me out a couple times. Ryan, did you have that issue?
1: I'm actually going to say, I think that might be a thing of your system because when I've watched um, <clears> them <throat> at, my, at my house, uh, I've watched it on iPad, I've watched it on, I was telling you earlier, really, this it is my on an third. iPad.
0: What? Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan hey. watched the Wheel of Time on an iPad.
1: This is my third time <laughs> through this episode, <laughs> one of which was on an iPad while I was doing dishes because I'm a good husband. And <laughs> I know the other time I, was on the you are to TV. me. Uh yes. I'm, again, I'm glad you keep the magic alive. Keep
0: the romance alive. Yeah. But
1: I did not notice it until I was watching. Same with the horse. Uh the horse, like for me, there was a few moments where it just kind of seemed a little bit CGI item pulled out of the frame, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that's that was not the case when I saw it before." So I'm not sure yet if I'm going to chalk that up to their presentation or what we're watching on.
0: So what what you're saying is that my TV and my sound system are too good for the wheel of time.
3: Oh yeah,
1: we'll go with that. We'll go with that.
0: <laughs> um, no, I mean that's it's fair. Like you know, every every sound system is going to be a little different, so yeah, it could could be. Could so, be that. All right. I, I want to talk about the pace of this episode. Yeah, yes. Different. Let's let's please do that. Holy
2: cow. What holy cow what? Holy cow what? So much was packed into this episode. Uh honestly, going in, I had heard some people bring up pacing issues, but it was mostly complaints about the first episode. Okay. And I, I didn't think the pacing was you know, I didn't think it was too jarring in the first episode at all, but this episode,
0: my goodness, did they pack a lot into 55 minutes so we just uh, We just watched this And in my memory we had the white cloak Scene burning the Aes Sedai yeah. We had uh, Moraine and co Wandering through the forest confronting the, Or you know trying to bypass The uh, the white cloaks after uh, we, yeah, we, after had, after we had Tarn fairy Yeah hang on yeah we had Tarn Fairy, I guess right before that and then we had Shatterloga so four, In my memory four major set pieces Am I missing anything?
3: Yeah, what why do you feel like So yeah, cuz cuz so my, my point
0: being I I don't feel like there was that much packed in geographically maybe. Like yes. we made a lot of progress in a single episode knowing what we know about the books and the story and the geography. So
2: we had but, we start with the burning of the yellow. Yeah. Then we have Taren Ferry. Mhm. Uh then we have um the dream sequence. We also have Moiraine teaching Egwene about the One Power. Egwene, I love it. Yeah, Egwene, Egwene, whatever, book reader. Um, <laughs> We have Ran and Egwene fighting. Yeah. we And then we have the confrontation okay. with Bornhald and Valda. And then we have Moiraine, you know, the revelation of Moiraine's wound. And then we have the Trollocs catching up to them and this chase sequence. And then we have the introduction to Shadow Logoth. And then we have Matt wandering off. And then we have Mashadar. And then we have, like it really felt like there was a lot packed into it. Um, Like it, it almost feels to me like two different episodes where Rand and Egwene are getting in this fight about her going off to become an Aes Sedai and the end of the episode when they're like holding hands and Chatter Logoth. There's
0: there, there is a lot packed into this to the point where I know that, um, you know, I've been excited about this show for a while and uh, my wife, Sarah is going to watch this with me at some point. Um, and so I can't help, but think, oh, you know, how's Sarah going to react to this? She has no idea yeah. what goes on in the wheel of time. She like, I, last week we did a Dune episode. Me and Ryan did a Dune episode and like, no, I've never read Dune, but I kind of have some of the broad strokes and like you, you, you swim in the ocean of sci-fi fantasy. You kind of get to know it a little bit. She has none of that. And so my point just being, as she's watching this, I'm worried that season or the episode two is. Just gonna be too much. Like, oh wait, we're in a new place. We have how many new characters? And like, wait, what's the black goo? And ah, uh, it's, it's just too much. uh So I could see that being an issue for um for a really green viewer. But I, I, I could be wrong. I, I totally could be wrong. forgot about Perrin and the wolves too. That happened yeah. There's that. Like, yeah. Oh
1: my gosh. There's <laughs> there is something unique about this episode in the pacing that although there is a lot that's packed in, you sit in a very slow pace as it's delivered because there's two backstory pieces that are delivered in this that I sat there and I'm like, this is cool, especially if you've read them, like, oh, the story of Manethrin. That's not something you really get that early in the book series whatever, but then we have this well, yeah, very long yeah. monologue from uh, Rosemond Pike from Moraine about on based on the song they just sang, and then you get the same thing sort of slightly condensed with uh, Shadar Logoth
0: or however they're pronouncing it. Shadar Logoth, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. so good. <laughs> um,
1: from land, I was like, okay, those are kind of the deep-seated world-building, uh, what's the E-word that uh, when exposition. you set up a story? Exposition. thank you.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. The E-word, we're not supposed to say it, Drew. <laughs> okay.
1: Exposition, yeah. It's, it's an yeah. exposition that for me with someone who is maybe who doesn't know the book series, They may go, do I need to know that? And you will want to know about it, but you don't need to know all the details about it until much later, at least. They'll revisit
3: it. They will for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah,
0: Okay. Uh, So, uh, Drew, you look like you've got something you really, really need to say. Uh, So before we go to anything else, what's on your mind?
2: Things that I can't say because they're full series spoilers. But there are multiple moments in this episode, including during the story of Manethrin, that I thought the acting was on point in terms of subtle foreshadowing. Uh, like framing decisions, focused decisions with the camera work. Like there's there's a lot of really subtle layering going on okay so give me an example um during the story of manethrin the choice to focus the camera on matt's face but over on the edge of the screen with moiraine behind him telling the story and this pensive sort of confused but sort of like like this is
0: awfully familiar yeah you know I, I did hey, notice that.
3: Foreshadowing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's been a, a few things. Um I, I can't I at this point I can't even remember what I was talking about when we were uh we had the cameras off and I was like, oh, you know, I thought that was a really clever thing that they did. Uh foreshadowing what what was it? I, I felt like I was being very smart, so I want to remember what I was so smart about. What what did I say? You're so I, smart. I can't help you here. No. But yeah, what what was it? I don't remember. Okay, well I said <laughs> Rest assured, dear listener, I said something very, very intelligent. Of course. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Would you expect anything different from Craig? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh.
0: So, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm sure I'll think of it maybe maybe for the next episode. I, I, I don't know.
1: Whatever. Uh, he'll just cut in. He'll, he'll go and he'll remember it later today, record it on video, and cut it that's into right,
0: the episode. Yeah. yeah, I'll frame it exactly. Well, like well
2: it. so, Lauren, I, I want to hear from you here. Uh, what was your favorite bit of the episode other than Shadow Like, other than Mashadar, other than, you know, the action chase sequence at the end.
3: I'm kind of excited about how they're taking Valda and making him more primary in the White Cloaks in general, more primary. Yeah, they made him a questioner. This is going to be interesting. How big of a role are they going to play in this character development of everybody?
1: And he's a bad guy. And in the plots of,
3: of, like, all the different nations, if they're traveling... Across borders, what does that mean? Yeah, here? I,
0: I in a a series a, a show that is destined. I I'm not saying this because of any quality issues or anything, This is destined not to go 14 seasons. Okay, that is not going to happen. No, we don't have time for all of the. Uh, you know, international politics yeah, yeah. that goes on in the books, like, and, and so, that's okay. yeah, they're wandering across borders, and like, and and at some point, I think uh, it was a land who's like, "This isn't your land," yeah, and yeah. they're like, "F off," and that's probably about as much as we're gonna get for a while of uh, of the national politics. Uh, but you it, know. it just feels like they're
3: gonna make them more primary instead of like tertiary, like they kind of are in the series. Yeah, for y- a minute. That's, and then they come into the forefront point. when they're needed as a plot element but yeah. they could do some stuff here mm-hmm. that'd be mm-hmm. interesting make the Aes Sedai feel more threatened because they kind of aren't for right. a long they're, time
0: they're all powerful for the first few books yeah. um,
3: but if they are by the so, white cloaks what does that mean here
2: so uh, Craig and Ryan how do we feel about the costuming with the white cloaks
0: mm. uh, um I'm good with it. I liked it, actually. I thought that it was good. They're, uh, they are a, a militaristic cult. And I thought, if you were to sum it up in that phrase, then I thought they captured that pretty well. Uh, do you bring this up because you had an issue with it?
2: No, I actually love it. Okay, good. Uh, but I know this is a controversial point among the greater online community. Okay. I've seen a lot of people being like, what the hell, where are the breastplates? You oh, know, They're yeah. supposed to have the burnished silver like look and yeah if
0: we get caught up on where are the breastplates then we honestly and and i i mean this in like in sincerity don't watch the show because this is not for you don't yeah don't don't let the show ruin your enjoyment of the books if you love the books so much that the absence of white cloth breastplates is going to be an issue for you for real don't watch the show (laughs) and just go on with your life and enjoy your life and that's totally fine
3: because they didn't make this for you
0: yeah, yeah, dude. and honestly
2: how freaking distinguished are those costumes? Oh, like, they're gorgeous.
3: Yeah, yeah they have a good. very
1: unique look. I, I love. Ha- they're almost a little more modern than I was uh, expecting them to be because I do. Again, they're. I think they're trying to save some budget a little bit here <laughs> with not having to build a whole bunch of armor suit and suits of armor for people. But they've done it in such a way that it still feels it, it the the drapery style of. Their uniforms. It feels like this is a very haughty group of people again. (laughs) Very, you know, full of themselves. I think the costuming lends to this the personality of it. So I'm good with it.
0: You can you can kind of see the uh, the discussion that would go on in uh, in the room with the producers. They're sitting with the costumers. Okay, what do you got for the white cloaks? Here's the design we're thinking of. Where are the breastplates? And you, and first of all it might be the first thing might be well we need to save some money what's our justification well look this is a quasi militaristic force that is so um uh, feared that they don't they don't really need the armor they travel in numbers and they scare the sh- ever loving s- stuffing out of people and uh, they don't they don't <laughs> they don't travel with full armor cuz they don't need it right i i don't know something like that you could come up with they don't. a justification so
3: they don't need it until the last battle
2: yeah and i think this plays into a greater aesthetic for the show overall they're really leaning into the fact that this is a post-apocalyptic world right how many yeah. shots have we gotten of overgrown ruins some of which are very modern ruins in episode 1 we we see like skyscrapers mm-hmm. oh, was that episode 1 yeah okay. the opening sequence yeah there there are this is very clearly a post-apocalyptic world but a post like modern
0: right. world. It's and and this was uh they did a similar thing with um uh the Shinara Chronicles. Mm-hmm. But with the Shinara Chronicles it was like, "Oh my gosh, they're riding through CenturyLink Field in Seattle. There's the Space Needle. It fell over." Um where it was it was really recognizable stuff yeah, Where yeah. in this case it was like, "Oh, those are skyscrapers." Uh so I, I will admit I didn't love that just because I um I hated the Shinara Chronicles so much <laughs> that I'm a little bit scarred from that and you sure. know that was kind of scratching at my open wound my Shinara wound um it, but so I, I I my my point just being I don't know if I can be really objective there's about some, that particular thing There's some
3: thing. book scenes though where we have definitive skyscrapers But that's and
0: that's fine yeah, because yeah. It, it like it's it's a visual trigger. Okay, right, this is a right. visual trigger. It's not like how dare you acknowledge that there was a world before you yeah. know, like <laughs> before the break, an <laughs> age before the break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not what some I'm saying. Some
3: hood ornaments. I'm just
0: saying I had a little, I had a little visual trigger, some post traumatic stress, uh and and had a rough time. Okay, uh we've gone on for a little while. Do we have any final thoughts before we go on to episode three? Um, I I, we, I feel like we forgot to say something at the end of the last episode. Uh, and now, of course, we're going to forget it again because it's like <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we were like, oh, we, we forgot to mention this thing in episode one. And we had talked briefly afterwards about the Trollocs.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Talk, uh,
0: visual effects. Uh, yeah,
2: I don't remember either. No. Yeah, I think it was just visual effects. Uh, I just want to say I think episode two was stronger than episode
3: I one. I agree.
0: I disagree. Ooh, okay. Not, not like, not like episode two was terrible, but uh, nah, I, I feel like I enjoyed episode one a little more.
2: Okay, okay.
3: I like the tension build up here.
2: Ryan, do you wanna weigh in?
3: Yeah, come <laughs> on, Ryan. I,
1: I don't because I want you guys to watch episode three before I make any more comments about like Ooh. the top three, like organizing how these episodes
0: So, went. So when we come back, we're gonna have the Buzzfeed list of Ryan's top 11 moments from episode three in the Wheel of Time, right? <laughs> So okay, right. we'll go watch that and come right back. Let's do it. Captain's log, Stargate. It's two thirty in the morning. Is it? Is it two thirty? It is. It's very very late. 2:10. No, it's two. Yeah, two ten. Okay, it's very late at night. I have very little gas left in this particular tank. Uh, but now we have finished all three episodes of uh, the, the debut of the Wheel of Time. And, uh, allegedly the third episode happened. I, I was, I was drifting. I was, I was having a rough time. It's too late at night. This was a mistake. Yeah. But here we are. Okay. So how did it go, Drew? How'd you like it?
2: Uh, I liked the economy of this episode.
0: Okay. In what way? What does that mean?
2: Uh, they managed to combine so many different elements Mm. in the first book into one location with Brandon Matt. Uh to such an extent that it actually surprised me, even though I knew that this was what they were doing.
0: Right. So okay. So what's the name of the town they were in? Um it, so okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Let's Reans recap. Breen's Spring? Spring? Breens. Breen's Spring. Um it sounds like a like a grocery store. Okay. <laughs> so they're in Breen's Spring.
1: Just random Matt.
0: Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. We've um, split our
1: party at this point.
0: So everybody split up. Random Matter in Breen Spring. Um, uh, Nynaeve is trying to heal uh, Moraine. uh, who By by the way, Rosamund Pike had a very easy job for like two episodes now. Yeah. Uh, Very, very, very easy job. Lay there. uh, Look ill. Okay, good job.
2: Rumble a couple of times. Exactly. In ADR.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very, very clearly in ADR. Uh, Okay. So, Random Matter in Breen Spring. We've got uh, the introduction of the IEAL and yes. uh is somebody who's in a not not a gibbet but uh something what what do they call those things in a cage in a, he's in a cage he's a dead, dead guy in a cage yeah but he's IEL. we've got tom Marilyn. we've got dark friends yes uh what else am i missing anything uh what else
1: are we doing any of the other plot lines
0: well I, I, or I, I. are you I, just staying with Rand and matt right for now, now ran and matt we'll get Puzzle. to perrin in just a moment um but uh, yeah hey, am i missing anything else there that we got
1: um
2: in that's that's about it yeah,
0: yeah okay all right so yeah. yeah like you say a lot lot of economy in that particular episode um all right so we'll, we'll come back to that what is going on with uh perrin and uh and Egwene? they meet the uh the tuatha on yes they do the the way of the leaf and all that stuff so yeah. um featuring and I apologize I can't remember the name of the Irish actress but I I really like her. So oh, anyway she's yeah, one yeah. of those instantly recognizable. Oh it's it's her. Uh-huh. You know she has got one of those faces. So um anyway uh did, yeah, oh and I I liked I actually did enjoy the guy who played um, Aram. He yeah. he I thought that he did really good at, at having that it's there's a mischievous twinkle in the eye, but he kind of sends it just over the edge from mischievous into like, oh, I, I you're not a good, yeah, person. And anyway, I, I liked his portrayal a lot. Um, where you're not quite sure what to make of him. If you know the story, then you you kind of know to be a little bit more wary of like his psychological state. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I, I I thought that that he was uh he was pretty good. So Ryan, any standouts for you in this one?
1: Um, let's just take a moment and bask in the badassery that is Nynaeve's opening portion of this episode oh yeah and the oh, closing yeah.
0: portion of the last one yeah uh, she is needed yeah absolutely it was, I was really interested
1: in episode one when they carried her off with the Trollocs I'm like okay so obviously she's not going to be chasing them down the same way they should have before how's this going to look and in this episode we got the explanation for how she comes back to be with the group and Chases them down, but still does the ever important thing of sneaking up on land so that the two of them can fall <laughs> yeah. deeply madly in love in the future. <laughs> at, the,
0: at the tip of a sword. So yeah. to speak. Yikes. No. No. Yikes. Not, no. <laughs> you know when it
1: gets really late and everything's funny? <laughs> We're not there yet.
0: Oh man. Um, okay. It is it is very late, so I do want to uh, I, I do want to not dwell too long. Um, on this particular episode, because frankly, I need sleep, and honestly, it's getting to the point where this isn't going to be fun to listen to. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to belabor the point. We've got Tom Maryland to
1: talk about.
0: Okay, so what do you want to talk about, Tom Maryland? What's what's going on with him?
1: He's a sultry, sweet singing man.
3: Doesn't have a harp (laughs) or a (laughs) flute. He's
2: got a guitar now. They did a change to guitar,
3: which Which,
0: okay. It's, so we kind of i we've mentioned the adr thing a little bit a couple of times um and i i just have to say it's the little things so you got to pay attention, attention to the little things okay so tom Maryland pulls out his guitar okay so they change it to a gar, uh, guitar fine um as he's getting ready to play his fingers slide across these strings that are clearly not metal strings like they're gut or something you know whatever yeah. it is uh, but as he slides his fingers across the strings, they inserted, uh, the sound folks inserted a sound effect, uh, of fingers sliding across metal guitar strings. It's a very familiar sound to us. Uh, but it's, that's not the sound <laughs> that would come off the guitar. It's, uh, anyway, I, it's a super nitpicky thing, but Hey, it's <laughs> past two o'clock in the morning and I'm sorry, I'm going to be a little nitpicky. Uh, these are the things I noticed, um, uh, where I look, I like the episode. I I'm liking the show so far, but I find little things like this and I'm like, come on. Like it, it, it's, do you really, do you really need us to have that, uh, audio cue that, oh, it's a guitar. Yeah, I can see that. Thank you. Um, if, and they take great care to show us the strings that are not metal. And then they give us metal guitar string sounds. Yeah, anyway, I'm hard. sorry. It's just a... Yeah. I think you're person. one
1: of four people in the u- universe who will notice that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. It's It's too early. Something. This it's something. Definitely not the kind of thing that I notice.
1: No, but, but I But I, do... I
3: appreciate... Sorry.
1: go no, ahead. Go ahead. I...
3: <laughs> no, that's all I had. I oh. appreciate it.
1: This is something that I, I am curious about seeing the rest of the series going forward because I thought it was interesting... We've already addressed a little bit about a few of the changes that they've made to the storyline to make it an adaptation, some a little bit bigger than others, but they made a point in the run-up when they started releasing things to showcase a couple things so that people would know this was changing because like, oh, we're going to show you Tom Marilyn has a guitar ahead of time. We're going to show you that in concept art and some other things because that way you'll know when it comes to this, you're not shocked by this change. And then we see Rand's, you know, or not Rand's. we got to see Matt's dagger, uh, in a previous so week, kind of see what that was going to look like, and I was seeing that, and I thought, okay, so is this you prepping the audience for the changes you're going to make, and this is the scale of the changes you're going to be? It's just like moving a harp to a guitar, and that's kind of what we're prepping for. Um, and then we go in and we watch these first three episodes, and there's some, a few much larger changes, again, ones that I'm for the most part on board with. Uh, I think that they may have unintentionally done a little bit of a disservice by showing those to their audience ahead of time, saying. These are some of the changes because then we start to think the idea that maybe this is the as the ex- big as the changes the are going to be, of it. and it's like no, they're going to be. There's a few that are going to be quite a bit bigger, so mm. we'll see what the remaining five episodes of this season are going to have uh, in terms of. That. That's the other thing. There's only five more episodes in this series.
0: Like, oh man, there's the, this season. This yeah, sorry. This what are season. you British? Come on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so Craig, yeah. what was your standout scene in this one?
0: um I, you know, I really enjoyed. Uh, instead of a standout scene, I mean, we can pull out uh, one scene that she was in. But my standout character was, and I didn't know what her name was, but the dark friend, Dana. Dana is that her name? Okay, so uh I thought wh- whoever the actress is, I thought she did a fantastic job. um She kind of had what I would expect. From that scene where, you know, you've got a dark friend who is revealed late um, and she but she kind of so she's a little bit alluring and a little sultry and kind of flirtatious and dangerous and fun, um, you know, so she's kind of pulling Rand in uh, little by little throughout the episode. I thought she, she her character was well-written, well-executed. So, yeah, I really liked her.
2: Nice. Yeah, I definitely agree about that. Like that was a that was the thing that surprised me. Yeah, uh, how they managed to fold multiple characters into one new character with her.
0: Right.
1: I I need to ask a question and make sure that I'm just not off here. In uh, in the books, we have a part where the, I believe it's the first time Rand and the, they're attacked by a dark friend. Set so up it, that it's the first time that he channels. Correct.
2: Uh, the yeah. uh, actually the third time that he channels. I mean
1: he does he helps with the horses un- un- unintentionally and uh-huh. but the lightning bolt that he if yeah, I remember right
2: that's but the third that is, time yeah.
3: That's also not the first dark friend on the road that we meet. Uh
1: oh.
2: um Howell Goad, I believe he is the first dark friend Mm-mm. uh because Pater is after Pater's and Market Sharon. Yes but there and Lady is And then Lady Sheehan is I don't remember what town, but she's after because Rand is sick from mm. channeling yes. the lightning bolt when yes, they run he into is. her.
1: So but. my question is, that sequence where Rand breaks down the door that is too thick for him, is that then the first time he utilizes channeling that we see? Because we don't see any of the weaves. We don't see anything around him. And I've this this time watching through, I was watching to see, is there any of that that I, that I missed on my first go around? Because... There's a very different audio sound when he hits. There's a yeah. very different visual of there's, there's a bit of a shock wave when he hits it. I'm like, okay, is this him I think channeling? It is.
2: I think it is, mm. okay. Mm-hmm. But that's
3: that's also the scene in the books where for the first time, the reaction that he gets from channeling happens at the same time mm-hmm. as as him channeling. Right, right. Because before oh. there's a delay.
2: No 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 there's still a delay like so they break out what, what do you, you mean a reaction at his, the, the yes. channeling sickness right um
0: I'm just I, I want to yeah. make sure for those who aren't it, as intimately familiar with the books as you guys are I want to make yeah, sure yeah. we <laughs> spell out some of these things okay. uh,
2: and in fact, I was wondering um with the bat when he like start he wakes up and he's coughing mm. and he coughs off the bat. I was almost wondering if that was gonna be like the first time he gets like the channeling sickness of course it was the, the dream. Uh, speaking of dreams, that was my standout scene, was okay. Perrin's dream of the blacksmith.
0: That was um, that was interesting. I we, liked that. We had a brief glimpse of uh, Balzaman in the second episode mm-hmm. in that dream sequence with the bat. He's um, scary. And I, I was not particularly impressed in that instance, in the second episode, but it was a really, really brief yeah. glimpse, and it looked... I think because it was a brief glimpse and because it was kind of at a distance a little bit, I was like, eh, it's a little cheesy. Uh, in this one, I I I think if somebody called it cheesy still after the third episode, I wouldn't argue it, but I liked his uh, design a lot more when we had him a little closer up, had a slightly more lingering shot on him in the third episode. So yeah, I I liked it eventually.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I like the way they're like, I was really afraid they were just kind of, like, going to cut dream stuff. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. It, that would be a very, very easy thing to cut. Yeah. I but,
2: think. like, I mean, it would be difficult narratively. Like, they would have to jump through some loops later on. But, like, but it's the kind of thing that I could see a a TV show saying, this is going to be way too much. Yes. yeah. yeah. Get rid of this element of the world building. We'll combine so it with like
1: you know it. we'll combine Teleron Road with Waygates or things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Make mm-hmm. it all one thing.
0: So, Lauren, uh, do you have any thoughts on this third episode before we start doing you know final thoughts and wrapping this uh, reaction up?
3: I was kind of with Ryan. I was I was excited to see Nynaeve just because I love her so much in the series mm. that like seeing her realized on on screen is really fun. I'm excited. They didn't screw be, her up.
1: She's going to be good. I actually, good. based on her costume design and a little bit, uh, I'm curious if they're going to make any further tweaks to her character in terms of Aja or things like that going forward because they have, they have given her some undertones of one color but predominantly another color. Mm. And her attitude actually fits more green Aja than it does in the books
0: per se so i felt that in the series though can i I, try to interpret what you're saying if i understand it right she has shades of yellow peeking through but she's predominantly green
1: in her costume design Mm -hmm. right now okay all
0: right i want to make sure i spell that out
3: yeah i felt that in the series too yeah okay she she is so fiercely protective and then she heals
0: okay uh very good so i guess uh as we wrap this up okay so we've done some reactions to specific things throughout the show in my case very very specific things uh in the show (laughs) uh so you know take that for what it's worth (laughs) but uh if we pull back out um let me ask you this okay drew i'm gonna ask you to put on your objective hat, okay? Take off your, I know every single thing there is to know about the Wheel of Time. I'm a (laughs) mega fan. I have been for decades, et cetera, et cetera. Take that hat off. Um, Do you feel like this show is going to be attractive to non-Wheel of Time fans? Is this going, so far, three episodes in, is this enough to hook somebody who isn't already a Wheel of Time person? Yes. Why? Uh,
2: there, There's an excitement to it. I think this is going to really appeal to Marvel fans. Uh, they're leaning into the heroism and the action style in Marvel movies. Hmm. Um, I think anybody who watches the first episode and thinks, yeah, I'm going to watch the second one, they're in.
0: So okay, so by by episode by the end of episode one, you're either in or you're out. Yeah. Okay, Ryan, what do you think?
1: Uh, I think that these three episodes are a good hook, but I don't necessarily think that they are going to set the hook deeply into a non-wheel of time fan. Like they're going to watch these three and go, "Okay, I might continue on." I think I'll continue on with this or whatever. But it's not going to immediately drive them to the books. It's not going to immediately say, "I'm going to finish this series." Um, and I say that mainly because of uh, there's some really cool visuals. I do agree with Drew that like, there's a lot of the, the heroism uh, styling and things like this. But there are also moments where if you are not entirely immersed in the world that you're kind of like, this is just a lot. And sometimes it's not moving as quick as I'd like it to. Sometimes it is. Right. And I think that uh, people who are not familiar with the Wheel of Time series could get turned off by that. But if they execute the next couple episodes off, if like, or quite frankly, they have to. You'll have to nail all of season one. Uh, but the next couple episodes, if they really sink in, I'm really, really excited to have Loghain Like finishing up this episode with Loghain. and I, oof, just a few seconds we got with him, I was like, oh, I'm excited to to deal with you. Um, I think you'll you'll slowly get the hook sinking in more and more. As long as they continue to execute these episodes as well as they have been, um,
0: it's just going to be you, a little bit of a slow burn. Not quite there yet.
1: Yeah, I right now, I I think I would I would have a hard time to telling someone like, watch this and you will love it. I have a feeling I, I would have right. to know the person well enough to say whether or not they're going to be
0: a fan of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Lauren, what do you think?
3: So I had some concerns with definitely the first episode. I'm not entirely sure. That people will be hooked by that one.
0: What? Why is that? Why first? I don't feel simply? entirely
3: grounded in the series after the first episode. I get that a lot more with two and three here. Mm.
0: And so I, I okay, interesting, yeah. interesting. Because I feel actually exactly the opposite. Where episode one felt more real, more tangible, more understandable, um, and then episodes two and three again trying to take off my, I, un, I know the Wheel of Time hat, um, it, where it's like, oof, I'm, is somebody really going to understand what is going on here? Like there's the, the scene in episode two, when they're, uh, Maureen's taking the kids down the road and they're singing the Monetherin song and she tells the story of Monetherin, um, where I was thinking to myself, if I don't know the Wheel of Time and I'm watching this without subtitles, I mean, what, what I, I don't understand half the words you just said. Uh, you like, I, without that context, without understanding what Monethrin is, what the two rivers are, what the, the, the names of the kings and the queens and the Shadr-Logoth and all this stuff, I, I, I just felt like somebody's gonna be lost. So that's how I felt kind of through episodes two and three, um, where when you don't have the context, when you don't see the word Aiel, <laughs> you know, like, these things don't sink in in the same way and so in, in episode one we didn't have nearly that uh, amount of stuff we had you know the the word eyes to die um but then you know, that, that that's pretty clear and it's said a few times anyway so that, that's my take um on those so i, three. I have i've kind of a
2: like a little bit of a pushback i guess on on sort of the point both of you guys made about like how um non-readers are gonna be overwhelmed and and that's that mm-hmm. may be a turnoff for them um and game of thrones like game of thrones did the exact same thing in season one where you have constant conversations about you know robert's rebellion and and the targaryen dynasty and and it's all this stuff that just has no context and it's just history it's lore being talked at the audience and people
0: got along with that okay yeah i guess okay so my pushback to your pushback is that those uh instances in game of thrones are first of all robert very easy name okay so it's not yeah, monethrin.
2: viserys targaryen well, yeah, you know? okay, fine. that's uh, fair
0: enough fair enough no but um but those are truly passing references uh in game of thrones to my memory i mean i should go back and watch it but uh but in this it's like no you have five minutes on the road like with Maureen giving you a giant exposition dump about Monethrin. And it's like, if I don't have the context for what this is, why in the hell do I care? Well,
2: but she gives you the context because she says, this is your heritage. Right. And, right. You know, this is the background for our heroes. Yeah.
0: And it, look, from my perspective, because I understand this stuff, <laughs> like, I, Hey, this is fun. I love seeing this. I'm just trying to put on my, uh, my novice hat, so to speak, my, my novice robes. Um, and wonder how it's going to go down for somebody who's not uh, not, a, not a big fan already. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to watch the show with my wife um, and see what she thinks after the first three episodes, if she makes it through that many with me. So yeah, anyway. Uh, so parting thoughts, final thoughts, uh, and then we'll call it good. Uh, anybody want 30 more seconds? No?
1: I wish the release schedule was different. Y- yeah, you
0: want them all? Okay. You want to binge it?
1: I, for an eight episode arc, dumping three at the top and then just running for basically one more month, I feel like that's unnecessary. I would almost rather either all of them up front or do it in like a three rows of three and make a nine episode arc type hmm, thing.
0: Interesting. Okay. That's, so Arcane so.
1: just did that. They did three weeks of three episodes each. And uh, I was like, oh, I actually really like this. It gives me more than just the one episode. I can binge a little bit but not all of it at once. I kind of would have liked to have seen something like that here.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, anybody
2: else? I I like the release like uh I I should say I like the idea of doing 3 episodes and then one a week, you know, to kind of foster community discussion and theorizing and, and things like that for the audience uh week to week. I hope future seasons go longer than 8 episodes.
0: Yeah.
3: Please. Okay. Please.
0: Well, um, at this point, um, I I am going to be watching this uh, very closely for many reasons. First of all, because I'm a Wheel of Time fan, but also I'm really interested to see if Amazon can can make Fetch happen. Uh, can can they make Fetch a thing? Right. So, I, I I don't know. They're certainly pouring a lot of money into the marketing in the in the two to four weeks leading up to it. Um, and so we'll see if they can pull in enough people and, and I am going to be really interested. Uh, One thing I'm not particularly, particularly interested in doing is going into like the, the rabid fan, uh, on It's not a
1: pretty place right now online. It is not a pretty place right now.
0: I, I haven't looked at them. I'm not going to, I can only imagine what's going on there. I'm much more interested in seeing what, uh, casual viewers think of the show. Um, so yeah, I might, might, uh, See if I can find some of those discussions happening online. But, uh, yeah. So, all right, Drew, Lauren, thank you very much uh, for uh, participating. So, everybody who's... uh, All the Legendarium people, please go check out Inking Out Loud. Uh, Inking Out Loud people who are listening. I hope you guys come check out the Legendarium if you haven't done so. We're so, like... Our two podcasts are so crossbred, incestuous yeah. at this point that uh, if you've heard of one, you've heard of the other. I'm sure. So, um, but uh, still, if you haven't, then go check them out. Uh, what are you, you guys are doing, Dresden, right now?
2: Yeah, we got a,
0: uh, and we're doing the opposite of Dresden.
2: Yeah, a couple of episodes left. Um, I think, I think tomorrow, Turncoat comes out. Oh, nice. Or or Sunday what days today (laughs) what
0: what is truth (laughs) yeah who am i i it's so late right now it's like yeah yeah, i'm pretty sure i know my middle name but i'm i wouldn't bet on it yeah so um yeah uh you guys are doing that we're doing the perdane chronicles the the opposite of the dresden files and and amidst three other series at the
1: same time (laughs) yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) so yeah uh anyway i hope you guys enjoy all that stuff and Hey, this, this was uh, an interesting way to do an episode. You guys can give us feedback. Find us on Discord. We, we uh, You can go to thelegendarium.com and find our Discord server. Uh, you can also find... Uh, what's your guys' website? Uh, iolpodcast.com. iolpodcast.com. You can yeah, find episodes and links and all the stuff there. So, yeah, please go check both out. Ryan, you look like you have one last thing to say. Or are you just... Uh, are you, like... Yeah. Nope. Just falling asleep on I'm the mic i'm just
1: resting on the microphone okay
0: so. all right thanks everybody and uh we'll see you next time